I've been noticing that there are very, very few planes coming in. You know, and I, I really love spending time with my wife and my daughter, so that's been fantastic. My husband is the martial arts instructor. He had to close his doors. The air has also been really clear, so I'm noticing a lot of environmental change. And I'm just grateful that we have three bedrooms that every person can occupy a space. I'm really happy that I can still be outside. Um, I can feel a little bit of normality doing that. Welcome to The Daily Brew from the Stanford Daily. I'm Ellie Wong, and today we'll be asking Stanford professors about their stories in the time of COVID-19. This episode contains interviews from three professors, Kim Beale, Associate Director of Italic, Daphne Zur from the East Asian Languages and Cultures Department, and Alex Ketley, a choreographer and ballet teacher in the TAPS department. In next week's episode, you'll hear from engineering professors about their experiences during COVID-19. There are all these things about the way we are physically present in a room, the stickers on our laptop, the stickers on our you know, water bottle signal so much about the kind of people that we are. And when you don't have that, you know, there can be some built-in awkwardness that, that'll be a little bit harder to um, melt away as you know, in, in the beginning of class. But I think that's part of the online learning um, instructors are gonna have to develop. That was Daphne Zur, an associate professor in the East Asian Languages and Cultures Department. Although the switch to virtual learning affects all classes, not having students physically present in a room is especially hard on the smaller, discussion-based seminars that are characteristic of humanities courses. There's so much nonverbal communication that happens between people and in a classroom setting. You, you often know this as students, but from the perspective of an instructor, when an instructor asks a question, students sort of look at each other, there's a lot of con eye contact, there's just a sense that you get in the room of who's going to say something, and so then the question gets answered. Now what I found is when I tried to do this online, nobody would want to speak up. So, you know, usually you kind of, if you wait 10 seconds, someone will say something. Uh, it was just sort of this like vacuum. It's so much harder, I think, to overcome that initial resistance or kind of shyness. And over the kind of the Zoom silence, it comes a, becomes a lot harder to do that. While the Zoom silence might make it harder to create community among new groups of professors and students, some programs have the benefit of being year-long, so strong communities have already been formed. Kim Beale is the Associate Director of Italic, an arts-based residential program for freshmen housed in Burbank. I know we are fortunate that we're a year-long course, so it's not like it's the only time we'll ever get to work together, um, and it's not even the only time that the whole class will be together, which is really unusual. Although there are a lot of things that we've lost because we're a residential program, I think we also have kind of a, an advantage on some other classes um, in that we already know each other and that we get to continue next quarter. But then what are the challenges of separating those in a residential program? So much of what we do is focused in the residence um, and also on field trips. So getting to be together with this group and to encounter art in different places is crucial to what we do. So there are possibilities from attending online performances together to you know, more informal things like having communal screenings. Our class has a lot, uh, a lot of the focus is on community um, and making art together or learning about art and asking questions together. 
Professor Beale and Professor Zer also noticed some helpful features of online learning, ones that aren't as present in normal classroom settings. I was surprised to see that there were people responding by chat who don't often talk in lecture. And I like that there were um, multiple levels of response. So there was a kind of chat conversation going on related to lecture, asking separate questions. Um, and then there were the questions that kind of got raised to the level of the lecture and then were addressed to the speaker. And I think chat can be a way to hold that focus. Um, and also keep a record of it so that you know what questions you asked um, or, I mean, or lecturers can know what questions were asked of them. Uh, I feel like um, one of the good things about Zoom is that they can give students a feeling that they can approach the instructor um, a lot more easily than physically going to visit an office. There's something about like going to the office and being there on time and just sort of clicking a link and speaking to uh, an instructor. So hopefully that easier accessibility will play into breaking down barriers, melting barriers as well. So it seems like wrapping up winter quarter through online classes wasn't too much of a struggle. Italic students had a final project which was already meant to be submitted online and Professor Zura worked with her TA to ensure that her last class went smoothly. But for spring quarter, there are completely different challenges to tackle. working on a new seminar in the spring called Italic 100, which was, um, which is a community engaged learning course. So the plan was to visit a local high school um, called Summit High School. Uh, there's one in Redwood City and one in San Jose where our students would have been leading workshops in visual arts and theater for the high school students there. And um, they're not allowed to be on site and we're not allowed to go there. We're not even you know, present in the Bay Area anymore. Um, all of the assignments have changed. They were meant to be things that we were doing in person. And now a lot of those will involve seeing art online and directing um, younger students to do that. So you know, how can we use um, street view for museums um, to encounter different works of art? Um, or can you use, again, street view to discover public art? Um, what kind of you know presentations and really engaging media can we create to teach people? So it's kind of um, it's a meta course about um, like online learning. Professor Beale was even able to change part of the original Italic 93 class to making online portfolios, which is a common requirement for contemporary artists of all mediums. This would be a thing that you could send around to possible curators or to um, collectors or even to your family to say, hey, if you're, this is the project I made. This is what it's all about. This is who I am as an artist. So I also think this is an interesting professional development opportunity that you'll still be working on the project. You'll still be able to share it. And I think it reflects pretty accurately the way we have to share things in the contemporary world anyway. As for Professor Zur, she won't be teaching in the spring, but writing and focusing on research. If I need books from the library, if I need to, uh, if I need stuff that's not in my office, uh, then um, this is gonna be a kind of a barrier, an obstacle. So I don't know how successful I'm gonna be in actually finishing some things that I wanted to this spring. I did get asked to do a, um, an independent reading uh, from, from a student who wants to work on poetry. I'd probably not do it because I'm, I'm trying to focus on my writing and I, I've taught already all that I kind of need to teach, but 
I sort of have the need also to just keep in touch with students and I just feel so strange being physically removed uh, even though I'm close to campus that I might just do that to feel connected. I think that's one of the things that is hard about the whole online format. We are all connected and yet it's so hard to feel connected. For academic classes, the online format reduces the nonverbal interpersonal communication in classroom settings, but professors can still get their material across relatively well. But when Professor Zur mentions feeling connected in the real sense of the word, nowhere is this more applicable than in the TAPS department, where so many classes are performance-based. So all the all the TAPS faculty, you know, had a big meeting about how to move our studio practice classes, both in acting and in dance online while everybody's kind of strewn all over the planet. Many of the you know, faculty that are practicing artists were sort of used to um, being given a set of sort of odd circumstances in projects and then having to develop <laughs> either a new work. There's a lot of situations where it's, it's quote unquote not an ideal. This is Alex Ketley who teaches Dance 149, Advanced Ballet. He's planning on teaching it through Zoom in the spring. Um, I think my thought about doing ballet from my living room, I will absolutely miss like being in the room with the dancers because I feel like a lot of my teaching is, you know, in response to like who's in the room and how things are moving forward. But that said, I, I'm also excited about, you know, teaching a pretty standard ballet class that people could do from their living room, but then sort of augmenting that teaching with videos from professional ballet dancers and ballet companies and kind of more extensive notes that I can email the dancers. And so I'm trying to approach it that it's going to be a different experience, but I'm hoping not a lesser experience. And I also feel pretty strongly that now that we're all confined in our houses, that moving is going to be a pretty integral part kind of keep us sane. He's also teaching a contemporary choreography class called Strategies to Building Movement, Dance, and Time-Based Art. And that one feels like it, it more easily adapts to an online format because that class is about giving students tools to build and develop their own movement and choreography. And, and there's so many different ways to approach movement and so many ways to kind of reinforce those ideas. And for that class, my sort of approach to that class is going to be to write extensive movement methodologies, you know, at the beginning of each week, and then allowing students on their own time to kind of like wonder about the concepts and kind of start to build something. And then at the end of the week, videotape something and send it to me, and then I can sort of offer feedback. For popular large classes like social dance, though, there really is no way to adapt that to an online format with social distancing and shelters in place. So Richard Powers has the um, social dance classes, which normally have enrollments in the, you know, like 800 people are enrolled in that class. And also clearly, you know, a social dance class, you can't, you can't have people interacting in this moment. So he has some really interesting dance history classes that he's teaching instead of his um, social dance class. Despite all these changes, professors still remain optimistic. They're focusing on the good that can come out of this situation and how much more we'll appreciate our day-to-day -day lives. We create a greater appreciation for the ability to share space together. I mean, I think that's kind of an underlying thing.
you know, I really love being in the space with the students, but now even more, you know, probably after 10 weeks. So I think it'll make us all feel even more fortunate when we can actually get back into a space and and not have like six foot poles between. People are, you know, trying to be optimistic and trying to turn it into a, a good learning situation. Like we'll learn different things. <laughs> we will ask some of the core questions, but I think we will come out of it with different skills. This episode was produced by Ellie Wong and Wong Jung. Come back next week to hear from engineering professors about their experiences, and of course, stay safe and healthy. To hear from other Stanford Daily podcasts, visit stanforddaily.com slash category slash podcasts.